Hello, this is Meghnath from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, 25th of June. It's 40 degrees in Delhi today. Weather reports are saying monsoon is going to be delayed and the temperatures might hit 41 degrees. I bloody hate summer. It just never ends. Anyway, keeping aside personal feelings about the horribly hot weather, here is the news. India has reported over 51,000 new coronavirus cases, taking the total number of infections to 3.01 crore, while the death toll increased by 1,329 in the last 24 hours. The total fatality count now stands at 3.93 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. On the global front, the coronavirus disease has infected over 17.99 crore people, and killed more than 38.98 lakh since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. The worst affected state of Maharashtra has reached a grim milestone as COVID-19 cases in the state crossed the 60 lakh mark. The caseload of Maharashtra increased by 9,000 in the last 24 hours with 197 new fatalities. The Gujarat government has ordered businesses in the city under curfew to vaccinate their employees latest by June 30th. In case of non-compliance, they may face shutdowns. However, the deadline for businesses in the rest of the state is July 10th. The Mumbai police has arrested eight more people in connection to an unauthorized vaccination camp at Hiranandani Estate Society. A total of 10 people have been arrested so far. According to Mumbai police, eight more camps were organized by the culprits and the investigation is underway. In a virtual meeting with the Indian Express on Wednesday, Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Adityanath claimed that his government had managed to tackle the second wave of coronavirus pandemic very well. He argued that, quote, the world's experts said that by end of May and starting of June, the situation in Uttar Pradesh would be very bad. But today is June 23rd, and only 208 COVID-positive cases have been reported in the state. One of our districts, Mahoba, is free of COVID, unquote. However, data put out by the civil registration system has shown that around 24 districts in the state recorded 1.97 lakh more deaths between July 2020 and March 2021, as compared to the corresponding period the previous year. The mortality rate was 110% higher. The Andhra Pradesh government yesterday announced the cancellation of the annual examination for class 10 and 12. The announcement came on the very day the Supreme Court wrapped the state government for its indecisiveness. State Education Minister A. Suresh notified that they have decided to cancel the exam as it was difficult to adhere to the July 31st deadline set by the Supreme Court for completing the process. He added that a high-powered committee would be constituted to assess the marks of the students. Meanwhile, the Philippines Food and Drug Agency has approved the emergency use of Bharat Biotech's Covaxin jab in the country. Food and Drug Administration Chief Rolando Enrique Domingo announced this in a news briefing. The Uttar Pradesh Police has filed a first information report against The Wire and two of its journalists for allegedly spreading false information and trying to create religious animosity through a video report on the Barabanki Mosque demolition. The two journalists named in the FIR were Siraj Ali and Mukul Chauhan. A member of the mosque committee, Muhammad Anis, is also named in the case. The Wire uploaded a video documentary about the demolition on Wednesday. In the video, members of the mosque committee claimed that they had proof that the structure was legal. The demolition took place on May 17th. 
However, the Barabanki administration claimed that the 100-year-old mosque was an illegal residential complex and was demolished on orders from the Subdivisional Magistrates Court. In this regard, the Wire's founding editor Siddharth Vardarajan described the case as baseless. This is the fourth FIR filed by the Uttar Pradesh police against the Wire in the last 14 months. Several bodies buried in the sandbanks of the Ganga in Uttar Pradesh's Prayagraj district have floated up in the last few days as the water level rose due to monsoon rains. According to an NDTV report, these bodies were suspected to be those of COVID-19 patients. Around 70 bodies were taken out and cremated by the city's civic body in the last 15 days. Videos and images shot by the local journalists over the past two days at different river banks in Prayagraj also showed the authorities fishing out the dead bodies. A zonal officer of Prayagraj Municipal Corporation, Neeraj Kumar Singh, also said that around 40 bodies were cremated in the last 24 hours. He added that some bodies were suspected to be buried recently as they had not decomposed yet. The district authorities, however, did not mention if the bodies were of COVID-19 patients. The Enforcement Directorate, or ED, raided the home of former Maharashtra Home Minister Anil Deshmukh today in connection with an alleged money laundering case. Deshmukh had resigned from his post from the state cabinet in April after he was accused of corruption. The ED is also conducting searches at the premises of Deshmukh's personal assistant Kundan Shinde and personal secretary Sanjeev Palande. The Central Bureau of Investigation has registered an FIR on the matter and the ED has filed a money laundering case against him based on that FIR. On March 20th, former Mumbai Police Commissioner Parambir Singh had accused Anil Deshmukh of extorting money from bars, restaurants and hookah parlours in Mumbai. The Kerala High Court today granted anticipatory bail to filmmaker Aisha Sultana in a sedition case for calling Lakshadeep administrator Praful Khoda Patel a bio-weapon for his decision to relax COVID-19 protocols. Sultana had made these remarks during a debate on a Malayalam news channel. On June 10th, the police had booked Sultana after the Lakshadeep unit of the Bhartiya Janta Party filed a complaint accusing her of making anti-national comments and, quote, tarnishing the patriotic image of the central government, unquote. Meanwhile, yesterday in an application to Kerala High Court, the Lakshadeep administration alleged that Sultana had abused the interim protection granted to her by the court by flouting COVID-19 norms. It also claimed that Sultana met people and spoke to the media even after she was advised to stay in home quarantine except when called for interrogation. At a session of the United Nations Security Council on Thursday, India reaffirmed its support for the establishment of an independent and democratic Palestinian state. Ministry of External Affairs Secretary Vikas Swaroop, who led the Indian delegation to UNSC, also called for the resumption of the peace talks between Israel and Palestine. Swaroop also raised concerns about the volatile situation in the West Bank and the possible renewal of conflict between both sides while urging the committee to consider the matter. This came over a month after the escalation of tensions between Israel and Palestine. At least 232 people, including 67 children, were killed in Gaza after 11 days of violence. The United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs said in its report that an estimated 2,30,000 people have been displaced by violence and fighting in Myanmar so far. The report released on Thursday mentioned that, quote, Displaced people and communities in affected areas are in urgent need for a wide range of humanitarian assistance, 
including food, basic household materials, access to healthcare, as well as various protection services, including psychosocial support, unquote. The UN body also notified that relief operations are underway but are being hindered by armed clashes, violence, and insecurity in the country. According to a local monitoring group, the Assistance Association for Political Prisoners, nearly daily protests have rocked Myanmar since the military coup. Uprisings have been met with a brutal crackdown, killing over 877 civilians. Meanwhile, a diplomatic effort by the 10-member Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, to end the crisis and initiate dialogue has stalled. The generals say they will stick to their plan of restoring order and holding elections in two years. The latest meeting of the ASEAN to look into the matter was held yesterday. And now for some sweet, sweet berries painstakingly plucked from the thorny bushes of newslaundry.com. Who are Indian Muslims? Are they a monolithic community practicing a faith alien to India? Or are they a diverse people geographically rooted in the cultural ethos of the land? Is there an Indian Islam, a religion that grew out of Arabia but was nurtured in India and influenced by local traditions and customs? Ghazala Wahab's book, Born a Muslim, attempts to answer these questions. Join us tomorrow for NL Recess, where my colleague Mehraj Loon will have a short chat with her about the book, then open up the floor for questions from our subscribers. Do go to our website and subscribe to newslaundry.com to be a part of this event. By the way, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a YouTube live with one of our star reporters, Nidhi Suresh. They're all the real stars, you guys, all of our reporters. I'll have a chat with Nidhi about her life as a journalist in the past year, what all stories she has done, and some general banter too. You can join in on YouTube and chat with us as well. Join us at 5pm on Saturday and come hang out. As I said, our reporters are the real stars of our operation. In the past few months, News Laundry has bust open multiple exclusive stories. Whether it be the land grab in Ayodhya, to the trail of Godman Jaggi Vasudev's many illegalities, to reporting on undercounting of COVID-19 deaths and mismanagement of the administration from multiple states. We are growing and able to do more because more people are willing to support the work we are doing. It's the faith imposed on us that makes us get up in the morning. So thank you for your support. And if you aren't already a subscriber of newslaundry.com, please do consider becoming one by going to our website and clicking on the subscribe button. It's only 300 rupees a month. These 300 rupees go a long way towards paying for the journalism we do. That's all the news I have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.